Will David Bell be here when the Reds are good again? I ask Steve that, and we look at the pitching getting back to full strength on today's Locked On Reds. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds. Thanks for making Locked On Reds your first listen of the day. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and we are free and available wherever you get your podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Offenbaker, alongside Jeff Carr, and we have a passion for baseball. We have a passion for the Cincinnati Reds, and we have turned that passion into information for you. On today's podcast, Jeff and I are going to discuss whether or not David Bell will be the manager of the Cincinnati Reds in 2024. We're also going to discuss what Mike Miner pitching a minor league rehab assignment means for the Reds rotation. We're also going to get into a little bit about what some other potential impacts of a full strength Cincinnati Reds rotation could be as we get closer and closer to the trading deadline. Uh, Jeff, I think a good place to start is probably going to be uh, your question about David Bell. Yes, because his contract is up at the end of 2023. And I know we've talked about this before, that they're not going to fire David Bell because of his connections to the Castellinis and because of how the Bell family is so intertwined into the city of Cincinnati as a whole. But I wonder about this because he was given that two-year extension last year. And it was before they did all the teardown stuff. They had to know that the teardown was coming whenever they gave him that extension. So, my question to you is this. Was he just extended during this kind of lame duck period? And is he even going to be here in 2024 as the manager? So... I've gone back and forth on this, and when we had uh, Mo Egger from ESPN 1530 on the show a few weeks back, uh, he almost convinced me to change my mind about how I thought this was going to go. But I keep circling back to the idea of Barry Larkin managing this team. Mm -hmm. And especially now that the front office and the ownership group has zero credibility at all with anyone in this fan base, none, zero, uh, they're going to have to do something and they could not do something to make a bigger splash and stir some nostalgia and gain a little confidence than to put Barry Larkin in the dugout. But I also still maintain that David Bell will not be fired. So one of two things will have to happen. He will either have to find a, a grass is greener on the other side kind of job with somebody else when that contract is up or he's going to get promoted, which is what I think is ultimately going to happen. He has front office experience. He has worked in the operations area of a major league baseball team with the San Francisco Giants. So hmm. he has the resume to be moved up. And I think that's what will happen. My prediction is to start opening day on 2024, David Bell is going to be an executive for the Cincinnati Reds and Barry Larkin will be once again wearing number 11 in the Reds dugout. That intrigues me because I feel like obviously he is very elite. We've we've seen lots of articles written, whether it's C. Trent or Bobby Nightingale or or whoever is covering the team, that says that he is elite at handling personalities, and I think that that plays well as a general manager. I also wonder if, as a general manager, will he be 
more of an independent, more of an autonomous general manager? Will they give him more of a runway, I guess is the right word, to make decisions himself? Or is it going to be more of just an extension of the ownership group that says, do what we tell you? So David Bell has done a fantastic job of taking whatever crap they've slung at him and tried to put something together. And I think that's what makes him their ideal candidate to move into the front office because they continue to just sling what they're slinging. And David Bell has put together several years now of, of making the most of it, so to speak. So I think he continues to do that. I think I still maintain Nick crawl will not be here. He's going to get fired. He's going to be the sacrificial lamb. And eventually I think David Bell could find himself as the general manager and, you know, vice president of baseball operations or something along those lines, uh, answering directly to Phil Castle. I wonder then it's funny too because like you think about it right uh if the Reds were to actually do an outside uh job search for the general manager I I gotta believe that as in most job postings they say do you have experience in this position but they're not asking do you have experience as a general manager they're saying do you have experience of taking crap and making you know some kind of a meal out of it um no i have you I ever agree. worked in retail is what they're asking yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes have you ever worked in retail yeah that's that's exactly what they're looking for and then kind of on, piggybacking on your point with barry larkin i think that because we've talked about it we sort of earmarked 2024 as when we can finally say the reds are going to be good again with all these young guys coming up with lots of contracts expiring and they'll have lots of money to play with so that would be the ideal scenario to bring him into like say the converse happens and for some reason they did fire david bell they're not going to bring barry larkin in this year because then you're bringing in a franchise icon and hall of famer to fail because you know, he's not going to win this year. He's not going to win next year. And then people would be disenchanted with that whole idea if, if they bring and, him in right now. And, and listen, make no mistake. Barry Larkin is still still has an eye for instructing and an eye yes. in the game. He, he wants to do more than just talk about the game. We've seen it right now. He's been helping guys on this major league roster right now when he identifies flaws in their swings. He's reaching out to them and sharing that information and it's paying off. I mean, what was it a two, three days ago that Kyle Farmer and Barry Larkin had a conversation and Kyle Farmer changed something and kind of hat tipped the, the broadcast booth after he got a hit. I mean, Barry Larkin is interacting with these players. We heard about it all last season when Barry talking about how he was trying to work with Jose Barrero and he thought he had identified some things to kind of try and help him along. And we're still waiting to see if that's going to pay off or not when Barrero gets to the field this year. But Barry has been behind the scenes coaching. Whether he's being paid to do that or not, he has been coaching behind the <laughs> scenes. And I think that uh, he's keeping his skills sharp and that he's going to slide into this dugout with a team that, as I've maintained, could have the lowest payroll and the highest win total in Major League Baseball if it performs as predicted on paper. I forget who runs. I think it's Fangraphs that runs that metric of how much each win costs. That'll be fun to see in 2024. For the red legs. But yeah, no, I, I, Barry Larkin strikes me as the guy who's like hanging around, shadowing the job, trying to learn the job. And he's like, hey, I'm here. I'm here. Hi. Hi. I'm ready. Let's go. Let's do this. And I think 2024, I, I agree with you because this Reds team, for better or for worse, has shown a penchant, not for nepotism, although nepotism is kind of a word that you think, but they have a circle that they don't go outside of. They have a circle of people that they know 
that they stay within. Barry Larkin, David Bell, well within that circle, could definitely see a battery of them, of one in the general manager's chair and the other in the... Do we call that a battery? I think we just did. (laughs) You know, Jeff, you're just making up terms as we go. It's fine. (laughs) Well... I, I blame all the $3 beer that I had last night. Um, that, hey, I that heard they good. ran out in the fourth inning, and I instantly knew that that was your fault. <clears throat> I can neither confirm nor <laughs> Also, you know, I was watching my figure last night. I only had seven hot dogs, so um, good night. Go to a game, and I know that I got, I got kind of blasted on Twitter for, like, sounding like an influencer and posting an ad, but just for your own health as a Reds fan, go to a Tuesday night game. I don't care if they win. You're going to have a lot of beer and hot dogs. Like, come on. Well, what's better than that? I mean, that's what we ascribe for. July 5th on my calendar already. (laughs) Amen to that. Well, I tell you what, we we talked about David Bell here a little bit in this first segment. I want to shift to the pitching. I want to shift to some players because Mike Miner made a rehab start last night in Louisville, which means change is coming to the pitching staff. And with it being springtime and heading into summer and all of that great stuff, that means you're probably looking for a little bit of renewal when it comes to personal growth uh, and professionally. As your small business grows, LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find people that you want to talk to faster and for free. Free things are nice. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Precisely as many hot dogs as they sold last night at Grand American Ballpark. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easier to focus on candidates with just the right skill set and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. That's why small businesses rate rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? approximately as many beers as they sold at Great American Ballpark last night. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash MLB. That's linkedin.com slash MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks for making Locked On Reds your first listen of the day. Now for your second listen, make it Locked On MLB. The Locked On or Locked On MLB Now podcast. They recap all of the Major League Baseball games and have analysis from all of our local Locked On experts, taking fans through the season like no other network, and I'm pretty sure they let off today's Locked On Now with the Reed Detmers no-hitter that the Angels had last night. Shout out to Chad Wallach, former obscure uh, Red, that caught that no-hitter for the Angels. But hey, check out Locked On Now. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Just like Lockdown Red. Also, make sure you're following us on all your favorite podcasting platforms, including right here on YouTube. If you're watching us today, make sure you're subscribed. Lots of good stuff coming for you here in video form this season. And 
coming up on tomorrow's podcast. We'll get you set for the nation's number one hit comedy this summer as it gets on the road in Pittsburgh this time. We saw it in Cincinnati already. Now we're going to see the Pittsburgh version of uh, the wonderful comedy that is the Reds and Pirates. Make no mistake about it. Maybe it's a dramedy a little bit. Maybe there's a little bit of drama, but there's lots and lots of laughs along the way. And Steve, uh, something that's not a laughing matter has been the starting rotation. But part of the reason that it's not been so good is it's not been at full strength. But we're getting there. We're getting close because Mike Miner made a rehab start last night, and he's almost here. Well, Mike Miner coming back from the minors is a minor <laughs> inconvenience, but it's going to be a major inconvenience for Vladimir Gutierrez because he's going to be finding his way right back to Louisville, I think. Uh, you know, the bottom line is... Uh, Vlad's days in the rotation are numbered. Uh, Bad Vlad, as you've been calling him, uh, is probably on his way out. And, you know, I'm kind of indifferent on this because Mike Miner comes up. Is he an impact? I don't know. He really certainly can't be much worse than Vladimir Gutierrez has been. So if if he comes up and improves upon those numbers a little bit and uh, makes them a little bit more competitive, take some of the wear and tear off of the bullpen. Well, then that's a success story as far as I'm concerned. Now, you know, it's the same kind of deal that I said with Luis Castillo. If, if he comes up, it can't be coming up to throw 40 to 50 pitches. Now I know, I think in his start last night, he had a cap of 50 pitches approximate placed upon him. So that tells me he's going to make at least one more rehab start. They're not going to bring him up here before he touches 60, 65 pitches. Um, I just, I don't see that happening. So uh, that probably means Gutierrez has a start tonight and maybe one more uh, before we can see Mike Miner back in this rotation. So here's what we're watching for. We're watching for reports out of Louisville about how Miner feels today. Uh, You know, they always talk about this with pitchers. It's not so much how they do in the moment. It's how they recover. It's how they feel the next day. Is, is there new soreness? Is something off? Is something hurt? Is something new hurt? Those are the things we're going to be watching for. So uh, keeping an eye on the Bats Twitter feed, keeping an eye on some of the coverage from Louisville to see if there's any new developments along those lines. Yeah, health is the most important thing when you're talking about a rehab start and what the storyline is. He did throw three perfect innings with four strikeouts yesterday in Louisville, but Reminder, this is a grizzled MLB veteran, so pitching in AAA. Grizzled. Grizzled, yes. Uh, he, he definitely should. At the, I wanted to drop that word in here today, Steve. Don't, don't hate grizzled. it. Grizzled. Um, <laughs> uh, he, yeah, he, he should look good in AAA. But with him coming up, I like the idea of kind of what you've been saying all season. And, and this is going to create the opportunity to have a six-man rotation, have that more rest heavy setup for all these guys. Cause we're talking about Castillo's come back from injury. Minor is coming back from injury. He's not back yet. And yeah, I think he might have one, maybe two more starts on the rehab train for him because Castillo got three rehab starts as well. But I, I think this sets it up so that we can kind of extend the rest for these guys. Now, is the pitching staff all world and that's why you have a six-man rotation? No, but there's lots of serviceable arms in there that's going to also increase the rest and also decrease the innings totals for the young guys that they're trying to manage innings for anyway. 
You know, when I pitched this idea initially, Jeff, I had talked about and not being a straight six, not a true six man rotation, mm -hmm. but six guys that you kind of subbed in and out where a guy would miss a turn and somebody else would step in. But given everything that's happened and both minor coming off injuries, as you're saying, Castillo coming off of injuries, as you're saying, what we've seen out of Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo and the Lodolo coming back from an injury, uh, mm -hmm. I think I would rather see it utilized as a straight six now. I would like to see everybody getting that extra day of rest every time through. And then as you get closer to the end, uh, you know, you can tweak it a little bit, but I think that's probably the best way to manage Lodolo's innings to manage Hunter Green's innings. It was nice to see Hunter Green's velocity back up. Uh, yes. I really, I am firmly in the camp now of one of two things happened in Los Angeles. I mean, he either was just pitching so amped up on adrenaline that he just blew that arm out and it took three starts to recover or B, he tweaked something and didn't tell anybody. Those are the yeah. only really two viable options in my mind. So I want to see that prevented. And the way you do that is give him extra rest. So for a team that's clearly not going to make the playoffs and clearly has some very valuable young assets to protect, this is the smart move. Now, yes. we all know the Reds track record with making smart moves. <laughs> so, you know, maybe David Bell's listening right now. Derek Johnson, I know you're probably downloading this episode. Nick Crawl, come on, my friend. Somebody make the call. Go to a six-man rotation. Absolutely needs to happen. And... It was something that I think about, too, because I, I said this on yesterday's podcast, and I know you watch because I know you watch all the things that I say uh, and you listen <laughs> intently. Um, Vladimir Gutierrez, is he better served? <laughs> yeah, got you on that one. Uh, is he better served? That's why you're taking a drink. As a long relief pitcher, or should he stay down in AAA and extend? Because I feel like we've had that discussion before, but I forgot what you said because I don't See, listen to what you say. <laughs> Both things are true. You know what? We're going to we're we're going to have a talk, but here's the deal. Both things are true. You know, he could be probably a good relief pitcher if he come out and focus on his best two pitches and this pitch with maximum effort. Yeah. But given the nature of the beast right now and the number of injuries the Reds have sustained, I, I think he's got to go down and continue to start. I think you've got to keep him stretched out and available to slot back in the rotation if something goes wonky or if some of the things we're going to talk about in the third segment come to fruition. So it's, I think it's important to keep him ready to start. I, I, I can see that. And it's something that I think I just badly want a relief pitcher like Brent Suter. We saw Brent Suter come into the game yesterday. He is a guy that can give the Brewers multiple innings when they need him to. And I'd like to see the Reds have one or two guys. They could have that with Rivar San Martin. But again, yeah, it's uh, not always going to work out that way. And plus, Brent Suter, he's kind of a little bit better than either, than either San Martin or Vladimir well, I'll tell you this. The Reds are finally getting their arms back, Jeff, and they're getting the rotation that we thought we might have when we talked about this at the beginning of the season. That's going to give the Reds uh, a chance. look that we've been hoping for. It's going to give them a chance, but it's also going to give them the flexibility that they need to maybe make a trade of one or both of Luis Castillo and Tyler Malley. And we're going to talk about that next. But first, I want to talk to you about Built Bar because summer is coming. In fact, summer is almost here right now. And with summer upon us, you are going to need some food that you can eat on the go. 
Built Bars are the perfect snack for you to take with you on family vacations. You can throw them in your bag. You can stick them in the kids' backpacks. You can make sure that everyone has a bar so that you are fueled for your summer adventures. The best part about Built Bars, they are healthy and delicious. No more sacrificing delicious food for your health. Uh, with Built Bar, you can have both. And it is easy. All you have to do is go to Built.com and order right now. All Built Bars and Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means that with a Built Bar, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. Have you tried the Built Puffs yet? Well, we all know that Jeff Carr has. He has been raving to me about some birthday cake puffs for days now. And then I got an email about the birthday cake puffs. So I have, in fact placed the order they are going to be consumed very quickly uh, they have a lots of other amazing flavors banana cream pie and even churro uh, who doesn't want a protein bar that tastes like a churro and they're only 140 calories sign me up for that right now if that's not enough flavor for you you might want to try the mixed box where you can mix and match and pick a little bit of everything until you find the one that is right for you uh, they have all different kinds so head over to built.com right now and use the promo code locked 15 to get 15 percent off your next order at built bar get your puffs get your built bar today at built.com and use the promo code locked 15 to save 15 percent on your next order Make sure you're following the show on Twitter. You can follow me at S. Offenbaker. That's with two F's and spelled correctly. You can follow Jeff at Jeff Carr. That's Jeff with three F's, not spelled correctly. And you can follow the show at Locked on Reds with no F's. And that one's also spelled correctly. You can also subscribe to the show on YouTube. If you're watching us there right now, thank you very much. As soon as you're done here, flip over to the Reds game. They're on YouTube today. Also, it's crazy happening in place right now. Uh, click that subscribe button. Lots of great content coming for you right here. All right, Jeffrey, we need to talk about trade bait Castillo and trade bait Mali because if the Reds rotation is at 100%, there is extra money being spent that the Castellinis are not going to be happy about. <laughs> and it is going to free up the opportunity to move maybe one, maybe two of these guys to bring back more, prospe more prospects for Barry Larkin's 2024 baseball run. Did you just make the starting rotation seem like the Castellinos are paying for like multiple streaming services? Yeah, <laughs> like pretty much. That's exactly <laughs> what I did. That's what it sounds like. Like, okay, well, we've got too many. We got to get rid of many. one of Hulu or, or Netflix. Season three or, is over. We're cutting a couple, man. They're out. <laughs> really didn't like when Michael Scott got cut from the office. So we're cutting Peacock. I don't exactly. know. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, I, I've heard this a lot. In fact, it's been a couple of years that we've been hearing these rumors of trading Tyler Malley and Luis Castillo. It's, it's something to think about because I think they're priced out of both guys. I don't think they're going to sign either to an extension. And you're kind of in that wheelhouse that we talked about during the offseason, right? They've got two years of control left, or I guess now it's one and a half, right? Because next year's their last year of control. So you're looking at this as you're not dumping them at the deadline for something, and you're trying to get as much value out of them. The thing that I, uh, that I wonder about, though, is there's lots of reports that the Reds are shopping them. Reminder, you can use a lot of words to say that a general manager is talking to another general manager about a player. And I think that this is likely a conversation right now where guys are calling Nick Crawl to be like, hey, I want Luis Castillo. And Nick Crawl's like, all right, who are your top two prospects? 
At least that's what he should be doing. That is how the conversation should start. And probably some of them are hanging up right on the spot because they haven't seen Luis Castillo pitch like Luis Castillo can pitch yet. But I believe that if Nutcrawl does this right, and if he has any leash left on the PR train that is whether or not he will be fired, because again, we agree this is not like more not not more than 10% his fault. But if he has more leash than we think, then he's going to be smart about this trade and he's going to get a king's ransom. The Reds at some point in time in the next year and a half are absolutely going to trade both Luis Castillo and Tyler Malley. It's going to happen. The question is, when is the right time? I think right now is the wrong time to trade either one of them, uh, for, especially for Luis Castillo. And what you just mentioned, uh, he needs to pitch a few more games. Now, if we get into mid-June, streaming towards July, and it's the Castillo that you and I thought we were going to get when we were talking about this at the beginning of the season. That's the time to pull the trigger. Go out, get maximum return for him, get maximum prospects back, move Castillo. It breaks my heart. I love the guy. I love watching him pitch. He's going to be successful for a lot of years, but it's not going to be in Cincinnati. So it's the time to trade him then when he still has a year of team control. It's not just a rental for the team that's getting him. You can demand high prospect returns for Luis Castillo. Tyler Malley, a different story. Tyler Malley has been a model of inconsistency this year. He's been a model of inconsistency last year with his home road splits. So when you look to trade Tyler Malley, I think the right idea with him is maybe you let him continue to try and pitch through it. If you get a good deal for him closer to the, to the trade deadline, great. But if not, he's the kind of guy that you can shop as a rental for somebody next year that's in a playoff run, that needs to bring an arm in to replace someone that was injured in their rotation, that ended up one starter short of being a serious contender for a pennant. That's when you move Tyler Malley. So that's kind of how I see it playing out. I think you trade Luis Castillo as soon as he has demonstrated that he is back and ready to go, and then you kind of selectively shop Tyler Malley for the right deal down the road. So, as we have mentioned in the past segment, that uh, we said that the Reds aren't very apt at making the smart decision because you are just you've just outlined the smart way to go about this. Who do we think's most likely most likely to get dealt first? <laughs> Tyler Malley. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because I I think that somebody is going to see kind of like this is a a buy low opportunity Mm -hmm. and they're going to offer the Reds like a top 15 prospect and then maybe a project or something like that. And Nick Crawl is going to get antsy and pull the trigger on the deal. It's interesting to note that after they traded Winker and Suarez, he poignantly said that Castillo and Mali aren't going anywhere. However, which which means they're being traded, right? Yeah, that means they're being traded. But also we know the penchant for this leadership group, whether you're talking about the front office or the ownership group of the Cincinnati Reds to change their minds on a daily, if not hourly basis. So they could say that. And I, I, you know, I still think that they're getting traded. And I agree with you. I think that the smartest way to go about it is to hope that Luis Castillo gets in three or four or five really good starts. And then really start trying to field offers for top prospects. Not, you know, the first offer you get, not like, you know, what they did with uh, freaking Tucker Barnhart and all that stuff where it's just like, yes, yes, take him. We, we don't want him anymore. I want this to be like a, everybody's looking at the trade like, holy crap, 
They fleeced them. They got a lot of good prospects for that guy because that is who Luis Castillo is. And if they get anything less than that, it is going to be a massive failure. There's another piece of this too, Jeff, that I think is important to at least make note of. And that is what does Graham Ashcraft do in the minor leagues? How is he pitching down there? Because if he starts to push it, if he starts to put the Reds in a position where it's really hard to keep him down, where it's really hard to say he needs more time in the minor leagues, that also creates a little bit more flexibility to make a move or two because you're going to need to free up a spot for him. So, you know, I think that factors in as well. And then you keep a couple guys on the back burner, stretched out and ready to start, that if you have to slide them in there in emergency, and those guys are Gutierrez and San Martin. So I think that, I think that with a healthy, healthy arms, there's trades are coming. Yeah, I, I think that he is, he's pitched pretty well so far this season. And I don't necessarily know what the timeline would be for him to really start pushing the envelope for that. I definitely think that if we're going to see Luis Castillo traded, it's going to be like in the month before the trade deadline. I don't see him being like one of those last second trade deadline moves because at that point you are taking whatever offer is still on the table. And that is absolutely not a, I mean, that is, we, we talk about the Reds not being smart. That is absolutely the dumbest way that you could possibly approach this. And I don't think they're going to do that. I think that they understood they got burned this offseason and their whole philosophy of, well, let's tear it all down and figure it out later is just absolutely terrible. So hopefully they at least remember that. But we'll see on that I, front. But, but yeah. I, th- I think it'll be the all-star break, actually. I think that, okay. you know, the right move, the, the, the right package could present itself for a team that really wants to open up the second half strong and make a big push. So f- for me, the timing of that works out pretty good. And I agree. And, you know, I think that's an interesting spot to end because we, we talked about that rumor a lot. And that's something that other, other teams are really chomping at the bit for like i noticed our friends over at lockdown astros had a segment where they were just like who would you rather have luis castillo or tyler malley and it's like um those are from the same team i think somebody knows something we don't but i think that it's down the road a little bit we'll still get a few more starts out of them in reds uniforms and we'll see exactly what the reds can get from them in trades but that's going to do it for us here on today's episode of the Locked on Reds podcast. Thanks for listening. Make sure that you check out tomorrow's episode. We will preview the number one hit comedy this summer as it heads to Pittsburgh. The Reds and Pirates heading for four, four games and a bunch of 635 starts. I don't know who chose that, but yeah, whatever. That's what's coming up. Thanks for making us your first listen. Now make Locked on MLB your second listen. Sully, that dude knows his baseball, whether it's past or present, and he gives you his unique perspective on the game as a whole. Check it out. Locked on MLB, just like Locked on Reds. It's free and available on all platforms. Steve, looks like the rotation might be getting back to full strength. The Reds are playing better. I know they lost yesterday, but hey, they're playing better. What can people expect from us? They can expect a little bit of comedy. They can expect a little bit of seriousness. But they can expect us to be locked on Reds every single day. Talk to you tomorrow.